Hello, this is Melissa Hale Spencer, the editor of the Altamont Enterprise, and we're here today with Sue Britton, who is immersed in a very important and unusual project. Um, and we're going to hear all about it. So welcome, Sue. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm glad to be here. But I'd like to start just by hearing a little about you and how you became such a patriot. Today, of course, is September 11th, so we all have patriotism on our minds. And you are certainly somebody that has spent years, if not the better part of a lifetime, working for American Legion causes. So tell us a little about you and how you got involved in that. Right. Actually, I'm a member of the American Legion Auxiliary. Uh, The American Legion is for uh, men and women who have served in the armed forces. And uh, the American Legion Auxiliary is the uh, largest women's patriotic service organization in the world. I joined back in 1973 when my husband and I were married. And my husband, Don, was already a member of the American Legion of his local post, and that's the Clark White Post. And uh, they had a post room uh, down in Preston Hollow, New York, for a number of years uh, when the post uh, was uh, was initially formed. And, uh, but increasingly, you know, the cost of maintaining a post room became just too much for the, for the post, uh, to, to handle. So they now meet in Rensselaerville in, uh, usually at Bell's Hotel on Main Street in Rensselaerville. But I joined the American Legion Auxiliary. So I've been a member for close to 45 years. And, uh, as soon as I got involved, I, I knew that this was something that was going to become very important to me. Uh, the first few years were, while our children were young, I wasn't terribly involved and, and real active. But as soon as they got into school, I became a little more active. And one of our premier programs, Empire Girls State, really kind of caught my attention. And that's a that's a wonderful program. I'm sure that you're familiar with that. I am, Empire but could just State. tell our listeners a little about um, that. Empire Girls State is a mock form of government. It's a leadership and governmental workshop that the girls, junior high school, high school junior girls attend. And if a unit is in a local area uh, where a school is located, they sponsor someone from the junior class. They uh, pick a citizen. And um, Boys State is sponsored by the American Legion, and the American Legion Auxiliary sponsors, sponsors the Girl State program. So um, anyway, that was one of, like I said, that's one of our premier programs. And that really caught my attention. And I, I kind of became hooked right away. Yeah, my daughter was a member of Girl State. Okay. It is something is very okay. special that it is. Lo- she's a lawyer now. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of it had to do with starting with something we, where you felt we your hear voice a lot of that. was important. Yes, we hear a lot of that. Uh, girls that attend our uh, program many times go on uh, to be involved in either uh, politics or government or, you know, uh, some, something of that nature. Well, just to explore this a little, because the auxiliary, I take it, is mostly women. Is that right? That's right. And we- here, Girls State, do you have thoughts on this idea of having separate programs that foster girls or women as opposed to part Not of the really, general? Not really, because no? we okay. are a women-based 
uh, organization. Now, mm-hmm. of course, there's, you know, I mean, you could really kind of <laughs> spin, spin that, uh, of course. But um, we are uh, designated as being an organization for the wives, mothers, uh, sisters, uh, grandmothers, or grandchild of a veteran. Right. Now, that veteran can either be male or female because, um, you know, uh, of course, you know, both are, are in the armed forces. But uh, our organization, our charter is strictly set up to be the female descendants. Right. I just thought something might happen when women get together that's different than when oh, women and men oh, get together. Does. it yeah. certainly does. It certainly does. And we've had some very, very powerful um, speakers from time to time at our Empire Girl State program. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kirsten Gillibrand, Senator Gillibrand, spoke a couple of years ago. And uh, so we really try to try to tap into someone who's going to stimulate some real interest and enthusiasm for, sure. the, for these participants. So uh, anyway, that's what kind of got me involved in the American Legion Auxiliary. And I went on to become active on the Albany County level uh, after I served as my unit president up in Rensselaerville for the Clark White unit. And then uh, I started becoming active on the district level, third district level, which actually encompasses uh, seven different counties in the area, and then went on to be New York State president, or as we call it in the auxiliary, we refer to states across the nation as departments. We call them departments. So I went on to be department president in 2008-2009, and at that time, I was... um, I was just eligible for retirement through the Bethlehem Public Library in Del Mar. I had served there as their business manager for 25 years. So I was just eligible. I just turned 55, just had 25 years in and decided this is something I had waited and worked towards for a long time. So you could put your whole self in. So I retired uh, back in 08 and uh, have been, after I served as state president or department president, then I went on to work on the national level for the past eight years. And uh, the past five years, I have served as a full chairman for many of our different programs, including national security, membership, education. Uh, this past year, I was the National Americanism Chairman for the organization. And what does the National Americanism Chairman do? Well, um, there are a number of job responsibilities, uh, along with uh, serving as a national chairman, uh, many of which are administrative in nature, uh, taking care of making sure that uh, the committee members, and there are uh, five different divisions across the United States, and those divisional chairmen are responsible for the the states or departments directly underneath their jurisdiction. But a lot of it is stimulating interest amongst our members for our Americanism programs. We, um, we support the American Legion programs. For example, um, American Legion Baseball. I'm sure you've probably heard of that, mm-hmm. American Legion Baseball program. The American Legion sponsors the National Oratorical Contest. And many t- there are, there's a, a very... Um, very heavy program in this area. Yes, we have pictures in our paper every year for that, yeah. Uh, As a matter of fact, I just, uh, when I was Americanism chairman this past year, I took 
part in the national oratorical contest and served as a quarterfinal and semifinal judge for that program. That must be a tough job. Oh, it was. It was. Uh, these, these students are just so remarkable. They really are. Uh, it's hard to, you know, it, I, it's good to know that we are in such capable hands with, with some of these youth, you know, coming up. But just to inspire Americanism, I mean, what does that mean, especially in these times when there are such polarization in our country? There, there is, but I think that anyone who, especially anyone who has had someone in their family served, serve in the armed forces, um, I, think, I think it's a little bit easier for them to understand, if they were raised to understand, you know, why their family member enlisted and, and what it meant to the family. Um, I, think, I think it's easier for those folks to tend to, to gravitate more towards being more patriotic. However, especially, like you said, today's September 11th, and especially after September 11th, um, there was a there was a huge surge of patriotism, and um, I think that 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 is something that we really, you know, I mean, it kind of just it just is there, and I think whatever it might be tends to make that uh, that feeling, you know, more prevalent. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think everybody is different as to what touches them, mm-hmm. but. Um, you know, just uh, just seeing uh, a little girl. I saw a picture the other day when I was uh, doing a report and for my end of the year Americanism report for National Convention out in Reno, Nevada. And uh, I, there was this picture of this little girl, and she couldn't have been more than two years old, on the street. And she looked up and was saluting the flag. And, you know, that just touched my heart, you know, tremendously. I just think that... You know, there, there's there's many different things that will, you know, activate a sense of patriotism and, and pride for our country. And uh, yes, there are many, many things that are going on in the world today that, you know, like you said, there's a lot of polarization. And um, But I think if we really kind of just bring it back to the fact that we are so grateful for our freedoms and what our uh, members of our armed forces have uh, given us as far as our rights and our um, our right to you know have freedom of speech uh, if if children especially learn those values and they're taught those, I think that it's just something that is ever present inside of you and I don't think it's something that has to be learned over and over again or has to be. So did you grow up in a family where your father or mother? No, actually, my father wasn't able to um, to serve uh, for because of a medical issue. So he wasn't able to enlist. He had wanted to, but he couldn't. And um, my uncle served. And uh, like I said, my husband, when I met uh, met my husband, he had served during the Vietnam uh, period and, and that brings us to your project exactly which, yes exactly tell us about that well when I was at a conference down in Washington DC this past February uh, we had a little field trip and we went to the Vietnam Memorial Wall in Washington DC and uh, of course that's always a moving type well of- I think probably most of our listeners are familiar but just describe 
the wall, if you will, because it's well, such an unusual monument. It is. It is. And um, there are actually over 58,300 names on that wall. And um, there are eight actual women uh, that were all nurses on the wall. Uh, there are 16 chaplains. And... Um, the age of the youngest service member on that wall was 15. He was only 15 years old. How could that be? I thought the age for the draft was 18. Well, I think if he had permission, oh, I thought, I see. you know, he might have had uh, permission to, to, or else he might have lied about it. Yeah. He might have lied about his 15. age. That that did happen on occasion. Uh, and the age of the oldest service member to die that's noted on the wall was 62. So it's, that's a pretty wide range. Um, actually, just a, another little fa- interesting fact is that there are three sets of fathers and sons listed on the wall, and there are also 31 sets of brothers on the wall. So, um, Well, what makes it so unusual, especially currently when people are debating monuments, is there's not one figure. It's everybody's name who mm-hmm. died. Exactly. And... It was a war that was so unpopular in many quarters at the time oh, sure. that it seems particularly important now that mm-hmm. people sort of realize there's a difference between the warriors and the war. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> and, um, exactly. And many of these uh, Vietnam veterans who were uh, a casualty of Vietnam Many of them weren't married. They were young enough that they weren't married yet, so they didn't, or they might not have had any children. You know, there were some that were, but um, so at this stage now, uh, because we've just passed the fiftieth anniversary, uh, a lot of them, you know, their parents are gone, and um, you know, there might be a few still, a uh, few parents still surviving, but for the most part, they're gone. So. Actually, now it's either their siblings or possibly nieces or nephews. Well, tell us why you're looking for these people. Well, um, after at this conference in Washington D.C., a gentleman by the name of Jim Knotts, who's the CEO of the Vietnam Veterans Memorial Fund, came and spoke with us, and he proceeded to tell us how there were at that point there were between seven and eight thousand names on the wall who did not have a photo associated with their bio on the official website on the virtual wall Mm -hmm. what they call the wall of faces so he told us how we could go online and check and see if maybe we had a family member who didn't have a photo and he said there were instructions as to how to to get that photo submitted and I came home, and a week or two later, I was tying up some things from the conference, and I started looking at my notes from that from that segment, and I started thinking, what a terrible shame that there are that many that do not have a photo associated with their bio on, on this wall of faces. So I uh, went on the website and followed the instructions and uh, proceeded to look up just my own Albany County. And found that there were 16 uh, from Albany County. Now, totally, there were 60 uh, Vietnam veterans that were killed that came from Albany County. 
um, and that would have been listed as their hometown uh, county when they enlisted. So they, you know, they might not have they might not have been born in Albany County, but they enlisted at, from Albany County. So a total of sixty in, uh, were casualties, but at that sixty, there were still sixteen that did not have a photo on the wall of faces, and um, I, you know, looked at what. You know what was there? It was just a, if there was no picture available, no photo there. It was just a generic picture of a soldier with a helmet, and and then of course you would see the pictures of those that had an actual photo. And I just thought this is this is just so sad that these that every one of these veterans doesn't have a photo to be able to you know be seen by everyone who wants especially a family member who might want to go to that website and look up a family member's name to actually see a photo of them is just you know so much more significant than seeing a generic photo of a soldier so i uh got out the phone book albany county phone book and proceeded to look for uh, residents with the last name, the same last name as those that were missing photos. And believe it or not, within a couple of hours, I had located family members of three or four. Of oh those, my goodness. Well, I just want to back up. Where did you get this sort of can-do attitude? Most of us would think, oh, that's, that is sad, but we wouldn't pick up the phone book and start calling. Where, where do you think that comes from? I don't know. I've kind of always been kind of a driven type of person. So, I mean, if I kind of set my mind to something, I usually go ahead with it. Wow. <laughs> so, so you met with immediate success for three of them? A three or four of yeah. them. I had found family members uh, almost what, within what a few hours. what were these calls like? Well, uh, it was kind of interesting because... You know, especially in this day and age with phone calls, you know, solicitations coming and, you know, all kinds of, uh, you know, sales calls and everything. People are very leery about mm-hmm. anyone who calls and says, you know, hi, I want to, you know, check out uh, or, you know, I'd like to talk to you about your, um, you know, possible relative of yours that was killed in Vietnam. And I was waiting for a lot of hang ups, mm-hmm. to tell you the honest truth. And, um, but as soon as I made the connection and used their name and gave the date of their casualty in Vietnam, it was almost like an instant flipping a switch. Yeah. And they would say, uh, yeah, that was my father's brother, you know? So, um, uh, you know, and I would proceed to find out who I could make contact with so that I could get a photo of that Vietnam veteran. And so then I thought, well, geez, this isn't, this isn't too hard to do. It was kind of like little PI work, private investigative work, you know. So um, I took the list to an Albany County meeting of the American Legion Auxiliary and proposed it to the other members. And a number of ladies said, oh, well, we'll you know, you know what? I think this veteran he was the sister of so-and-so, or I think he's related to, you know, um, this woman that lives down the street from me. So you have this whole network in place. Exactly. So, and we have uh, about a thousand members, I believe it is, just under a thousand members in the Albany County American Legion Auxiliary. So a good handful of women offered to try to help. Well, this was back in 
March that I started this. And I think I, I spoke to the county auxiliary the end of March at our March meeting. And um, I'm happy to report that as of about three weeks ago, we found we had one, we still had one photo that we had not found out of the 16 in Albany County. And I got a call about three weeks ago. And this woman said, I understand you're trying to find photos of, you know, these Vietnam veterans. And she gave me her last name and it was McNally. And uh, this relative of hers was Arthur McNally, which is the last Vietnam veteran that we were trying to find. And as soon as she said McNally, I was on my car phone and I was like, oh my gosh, I said, I don't believe this. You're the very last one we've been trying to find. This is so exciting. So... Uh, so tell us a little about how some of the families reacted. There must have been oh, there was a lot of um, a lot of appreciation from these families. They uh, uh, they just they just couldn't believe that someone would take the time to you know help get a photo posted uh, on this website of their loved one. And, um, I mean, I received numerous thank you notes in the mail and, you know, saying, oh, you know, we so appreciate what you're doing. Um, this is, this is a great project. Um, we're so glad that people are still, you know, paying tribute to and remembering our veterans. And especially that war, don't you think? It just seems like those were veterans. A lot of them didn't feel appreciated at the time. Absolutely not. They and were, you know, they were spat upon when they came home and called terrible names. And um, so they, you know, and a lot of families, you know, I mean, they didn't even, you know, they they didn't even really talk about it even. You know, they would, they just kind of, you know, buried the fact that a relative, you know, served in Vietnam. And uh, so... They they were very very appreciative of Is what your, we were how, trying to how do. How was your husband's experience? Did he? Well, he was in the United States Navy, mm-hmm. so he wasn't you know um, based. He wasn't stationed in country. Uh, he was on a ship, you know, on the uh, uh, out, outside of the country. Uh, but still, um, you know, I think that you know just the whole perception of Vietnam as a whole, you know, is just it, it's is very difficult you know, for some people to, you know, still to this day to, to deal with and to handle. And a lot of these Vietnam veterans, of course, uh, you know, are, are suffering terribly, you know, uh, as a result of... With Agent with, Orange and other Agent Orange and, and PTSD yeah. and, and everything like that. Um, so it's, it's tough. It's really yeah. tough. And I just felt that regardless of what... Ev- you know, every individual happens to think personally um, about the war. Every one of these veterans needs to be duly recognized and needs to have their photo uh, associated with this war. So faces. knowing what we know of you, I assume you're not stopping at the 16. No, <laughs> okay. actually, we're not. <laughs> um, after, especially when we were that close to finding the 16 in Albany County, I went to uh, last year's department president, Deborah Kraskowski, uh, for New York State, and said, do you think this is something that we could take on as a whole department? And I looked up uh, how many missing photos there were for the state of New York. How many? And there were 1,176. Oh, my. So, and I thought, oh, that number is a little, a little daunting. daunting. 
So I thought, well, but if we get the word out, it's not like I have to post all 1176 photos myself or receive them. The biggest thing here is to get the word out and really get everybody on board with either helping, you know, other people across the state check into names and, you know, and if they have relatives or if they knew relatives or friends or whatever. So um, our president agreed that this was a great project. She thought that, you know, that we should go ahead with this. So we started a statewide community service project. And out of the 1,176, as of today, we are down to 892. Well, congratulations. So um, that's, you know, that's, that's pretty impressive, I think. Yeah. Um, what we did was the American Legion uh, Department Headquarters in Albany, New York, helped us get the word out with uh, flyers in our department convention packets this past July. And... Um, we uh, uh, they put it on their website. They put an article on their website about it, and the Sons of the American Legion have been sharing it as well, as well as you know the the Department for the American Legion Auxiliary. And actually, after the department convention, after I returned about a week later, I had someone from the uh, New York Fire Department call me and say. We had a gentleman come in here with a flyer saying that, you know, wondering if there was any way we could help you out trying to find these missing veterans. Because at that time, half of what we needed, half of the 1,200, in fact, a little over half, were actually from New York County. Oh, from Manhattan. They were down in from the city. Yeah. And um, so we knew that, you know, that was going to be... I, th I think at that time, I think it was 695 were from New York County. However, we're down to 573. And the city fire department is helping you? Uh, well, what we did, she asked us, she gave me some suggestions as to who I could contact different organizations, um, Vietnam Veterans Associations and, and things of that nature, and contact names and numbers. And um, so we're in the process, of, I'm now in the process of contacting those folks uh, to, to make connections and see if there's anything they can do to help us locate photos of, you know, these, uh, veterans as well. So, uh, now, like I said, we're down to 573 out in New York County. So there's no way of actually telling, um, who's exactly, I mean, you can, when you post a photo, you can put your name there and any that I have posted, I have put submitted by Susan Britton. But um, there's no way of knowing who is responsible for posting the pictures, the photos. But we know it's working. So, and it's been taking drastic, you know. It's sort of taken a life of its own. It has. It it's really amazing. has. So it's really, um, I just, you know. I'm just so excited about the whole thing, I really, if you can't tell. Well, I, yeah, and I can see why. It's such an unusual idea, first of all, to have the kind of memorial that names everyone who died, then to actually put a face with that name. Exactly. I mean, you can't think of another war where that would even be, be possible. possible. Yeah, exactly. and it's such an was such an unpopular war to then be able to have some sort of recognition, recognition for it. It's yeah, mm -hmm. it's just and actually um what they're doing is the um Vietnam Veterans Memorial Fund is um building an 
Education Center down in Washington, D.C. And what they are going to have available is that in this education center, you can pull up any one of the names, you know, with panel and line mm-hmm. number or by name, um, the uh, the Vietnam veteran, and you'll see this bio along with their photo. So there's going to be an actual place there at the wall, a center, an where education center where people can go inside and see. And and see their, you know, the photo of their veteran. So that's why this is well, Is this so something important. that when you finish with New York, you're going to try to make a national movement? Or is... Well, <laughs> actually, um, I have just written to the national commander. Um, the American Legion is uh, making big strides. They just elected a female as their first female national commander of the American Legion. Her name is Denise Rohan. And she is from the Department of Wisconsin. And I just wrote so to her the other day. So she's someone that had served in the military yes. herself. Yes. Denise Rohan. Uh, and I just wrote to her a couple of days ago asking her if it would be at all possible to make this a project that could be shared with departments across the nation. Tell them, you know, what we've done, you know, and... Uh, uh, explain to them and share with them our success. Uh, I mean, we're hoping that we can eventually, you know. Well, yes, and I would assume New York was one of the biggest. It was one of the largest, yeah. yes, because ours was almost 1,200, and in that time, I think, like I said, it was between seven or 8,000. So if you think the whole of the whole nation, and New York had 1,200 of those alone, yeah, that, was, that was a big percentage. Yeah. So I'm hoping that I hear back from her soon and that um, – I'm also going to be approaching the National Community Service Chairman for the American Legion Auxiliary to ask her if she would put out a challenge to every community service chairman across the nation or every department or state and president. And is this a typical protocol to do a challenge to people? Is this... Um, I don't, just I don't know if it's a typical. <laughs> it's something you've invented for this. Yes. I don't know if I'd call it typical, but yeah. um, it's something I'm worth, you know, I think yeah. is worth giving a try no, to sounds great. to make this happen. Um, it's just, like I said, there's there's just, just something, a knot inside of my stomach that says, this is this is not right. It, it needs yeah. to be, it needs to be a completed project. And um, if there's any way we can make it happen, we're going to darn sure try Try our best. Good for you. To bring it back to the local at the end now, I understand you have an exhibit currently at the Gilderland Public Library. Tell us a little about what's in that exhibit and why people should go sure, see it. Sure, sure. Um, actually, uh, in the exhibit is um, a display. Uh, after uh, We had an article in the um, Albany Times Union about uh, and we were on channel 10 we had a little clip on channel 10 and um one of the librarians maria buell from gilderland public library contacted me and said would you be willing for the month of september to do a display in one of our cases on your project finding the new york faces i don't know if i really kind of said that the name of the project so and i should mention that we do have um a facebook group so if you just type in finding the New York faces and New York is spelled out, you can see we keep a running, you know, progress Tally. report oh, great. on how it's going. But in the display, we actually have um, some informational stuff about uh, the Vietnam conflict. We have um, actually some medals that are there. Um, 
and uh, that some that veterans received. There is um, a detailed report on the siege of Khe Sanh. There is uh, samples of some Vietnam, uh, Vietnamese currency there. Uh, there is a, uh, a map of the country of Vietnam and all of the battles showing where all of the battles were uh, within that country. There are some actual photos of uh, a few of the veterans that we did find. And there is a poster with the 16 pictures of the 16 pictures from oh, Albany nice. County. You made it into yes. one Yes, montage. there's one poster showing that. And then there's all kinds of informational uh, stuff about the wall and, you know, the details of it and, and the background and stuff like that. So it's... it's um, and that's at the Gilderland Library for the entire month of yes, September? Until, yes, okay. yes. I think I'll be taking it down on Monday, August 2nd. So that'll be there at the Gilderland Public Library for... Uh, for the month of September. And that's located right on Western Avenue there in Gilderland. Well, do you have any closing thoughts for us? uh, Well, (laughs) if anyone knows of a Vietnam veteran uh, who, you know, was a casualty of of the war and knows that their name is on the wall, they certainly can go to um, the website and check it out. And the address for the website is www.vvmf, which stands for Vietnam Veterans Memorial Fund, .org, and then a slash wall of faces. And in between wall, there's a hyphen, and in between of faces, there's a hyphen. So it's www.vvmf.org slash wall hyphen of hyphen faces and uh, if you click on the advanced search button there you can put in the veterans name and their bio will come up and you'll be able to see if they have a photo associated with their bio and I would encourage anyone who knows anyone or would want to check that out you know please do so Um, you know, I can always, I, you know, would be more than happy to submit a photo if someone doesn't have the capability, you know, to go on the computer and and do that. I would be more than happy to do that for them. But, um, I encourage people to help me get this project done. Well, we encourage them too. And we (laughs) thank you for sharing this with us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm glad to share the story. The wonderful story.